vibes. You're with Julian on the brown note for the first time in a very long time. So we'll see how my voice holds up after a couple of weeks of flu. And if you're listening on the radio, you're missing the greatest Hawaiian shirt in history. I've got some new shirts and T-shirts. So this is from Hawaii as well. So The Voice, after uh, the calamity and failure of The Voice, some recollections on everything that happened. I think one of the most disingenuous things has been the mainstream media focusing on how badly The Voice was defined as though they weren't part of that issue. It was a very simple thing, which was there should be an independent body made up of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders who can come together and reflect on issues affecting them and offer ideas to the government in a non-legally binding way that is part of our constitution so the incoming Liberal government can't just get rid of it or nutrient or put just into pricing. It was a very simple equation and it's very disingenuous for the media to say that it wasn't well defined when they are the main architects of making the complexities and lies promulgate amongst the Australian public leading up to it. I used the analogy of if you regularly went to dinner with someone, would you rather they asked you what you want to eat or would you rather they just decided they know what's best for you? And you deciding what you like to eat doesn't impact what they order at all. Um, There were a multitude of reasons why the vote lost. And I have gone through those in previous videos and online at length. Even saying all of the reasons why I said two months ago it has to be cancelled. The writing was on the wall. The momentum was against it. It was turning into a Brexit snub. Uh, A number of the reasons were the people voting no had decided on day one and were a unified force. And no matter what reason you gave them or didn't give them, it didn't matter. They had their no vote and there was no way they were changing. Um, And the amount of disinformation, obviously, online is something that needs to be addressed because it's not going away. The fact that Labour were dumb enough to hold it in their first year in office during the middle of a cost of living crisis when it serves as a referendum against their government. The fact that Anthony Albanese has, in numerous pieces on this show, been rated by me as a terrible communicator and campaigner. Uh, To the point where I was saying, you know, before the Brittany Higgins scandal broke, that Labour were heading to their doom and we were going to be stuck with the worst leader in Australian history for another term in Scott Morrison. But uh, he did the, he managed to do what Labour couldn't, which was completely destroy himself. So there were a, a number of reasons. So, you know, I was being asked by friends about basic information on The Voice right up until the vote. So even though it was a simplistic idea... Uh, that simple idea hadn't got down to the level of the public by the days leading up to the vote, which is astonishing. And again, this was for Aboriginal Australians. This was something our media could have, in all honourable notions of what they stand for, helped shape if, you know, why turn why if you're in the Australian media and even half the Murdoch press went on record saying they supported it, why not then help the government? Why not say this isn't about the Labour Party or Anthony Albanese or scoring points? 
why not actually help make the case instead of saying, you're not making the case, it's too complicated, people don't understand it. Well, you're, you, you, you have the voice that the public are listening to. Why don't you help? There was nothing negative about this. Why don't you shoot down in flames all of the misinformation that was promulgated about it instead of promulgating that information and saying, look, here's the other side, this is what they think. Why not say this is garbage and this is actually a really benign thing that none of the negative aspects that are being promoted are actually true. Now, one thing I did, I put a piece up a month or so ago saying that the, the most important thing when we, when we lose the voice vote, um, which was, you know, absolutely annihilated 60% to 40% if we're lucky. Really happy on the northern beaches, the Warringah electorate had a massive, massive yes vote. Something like 65%. I was so proud of that. The electorate that once used to return people like Tony Abbott. Oh, it was amazing. And even McKellar where acid drop Bronwyn Bishop used to regularly get elected, one of the most conservative electorates you can imagine, returned a majority yes vote. I was so proud of the Northern Beaches to actually be one of the big yes votes. But I made a piece saying that one of the things that has to come out of this is not to force Anthony Albanese to quit. In every similar scenario to this, particularly Labour people have to fall on their sword. And the last 15 years of Australian politics has been destroyed with a deliberate emphasis on doing so by the continual churn of Gillard, Rudd, Abbott, Turnbull, ScoMo, two years for a leader and then we swap to a new leader and it stops anything getting done. So even though it was all Albanese's fault, and I blame him 100%, the idea of him being reduced to being replaced a year into the first term of a Labour government would destroy the entire Labour government and put us back in this treadmill of changing leaders every two years with the added terror of Peter Dutton. So it's really been the only heartening thing that no one has asked for Anthony Albanese to resign. It's been amazing. I, 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 it's been quite funny from my side because the Sky at Night goons, Rowan Dean, Alan Jones, who used to be there, Andrew Bolt, Peter Credlin, all these people have spent the whole year gearing up to the no vote winning and then screaming blue murder that Anthony Albanese has to resign. And the entire country just went, yeah, nah, there's, there's so little appetite. He hasn't actually been damaged that much. This is one of the really interesting things. Labour went up in the polls just before the no vote won. And Anthony Albanese was at plus three as preferred prime minister. And uh, Peter Dutton was at minus 20, a record low in the poll before the no vote won. Peter Dutton is not politically savvy and he isn't clever enough to understand that he just did himself an incredible amount of damage. Anthony Albanese is now saddled with the fact that he lost doing the right thing. And Peter Dutton is saddled with ownership of the wrong thing winning and the biggest problem the Labour Party, uh, Liberal Party had in the last election and in recent times is that the Liberal Party is split between the populist hard right who, who appear on Sky at night and scream about everything and the polite Liberals who want to keep all their delicious money but 
actually like gay people and want action on climate change. Those people were shoved into voting for the Teals in every inner city electorate. And those people voted yes. So Peter Dutton wearing that mantle, none of those people are going to return to the Liberal Party anytime soon. And we've got Jacinta Price being heralded as this new golden heroine. All I have to say to that is if you support one Aboriginal that is in opposition to 80% of Aboriginals, don't pretend that you support Aboriginals. You've just cherry-picked one that opposes them. The fact that she has celebrated the Murdoch press and is championed by people like Andrew Bolt and Pauline Hanson, who have historic records of incredible racism towards Indigenous Australians, in Andrew Bolt's case being convicted of racism towards Indigenous Australians. And she's held up as the, look, we support Indigenous Australians. No, you don't. You picked one that supports you. She supports the white person. I've even seen people saying that the yes vote was white saviour. You don't even understand what white saviour means. White saviour is when the white man chooses what's best for the black man. The yes vote was to remove that and ask them. The no vote was being the white saviour and saying, no, you don't get a say. We're going to carry on choosing for you. <coughs> the rest of the... <coughs> not that the people that voted no, like the Brexit gang, and believe you me, the people that voted no in the voice referendum would have voted for Brexit even today. Even seeing the carnage it caused and the failure it's been would still vote it today. That's why these people are so dangerous. The fact that it failed, the fact that it was awful, and the fact that it was wrong doesn't matter. They chose, and nothing would ever break them from it. And they will never, ever... You've got people like Walid Ali, who's going out saying, you know, defending the no vote as not having components of racism. Yes, it did have components of racism, because if you'd have explained every single reason the no vote had for voting no away, they would have still voted no and found different reasons. So it's, as I've said before, the, the people that will always vote the same way but tell you it's for these reasons this time, and if you took those reasons away, they'll find new ones to vote the same way they always vote for a reason. And to call that not racially motivated, I don't think it... Uh, my goddaughter came over recently and she, she we, like, was in the car with me and there were people with no vote T-shirts on and she's going, oh my God, I can't believe they're so open about it. And the, up, <coughs> the, the upshot of it was, was it was like people wearing a Confederate flag, which isn't great, to be honest. And this is someone from the UK. So... The future has been, I mean, it, it sounded cataclysmic going into the no vote winning. In, in essence, it has been very, very small, the impact on the rest of us. The impact on Aboriginal Australians and Torres Strait Islanders is colossal. But for the rest of us, it has actually been quite small. And I think one of the reasons why this has been so different to Brexit is that Brexit required the entire country to reset and change everything from their trade laws to their passports, affecting everybody in the entire country, whereas the no vote here had zero effect. It didn't, it didn't make anyone, it, as in, it didn't make anyone actually change anything they were already doing. 
So it has slipped under the radar, and I dare say a fair few people in the media are extremely conscious of their role. Uh, they may well have wanted to make Labour unstable and take down Anthony Albanese. I think that they've actually let him off the hook in general. I'm not seeing any appetite to attack Albanese now. Now he has to go forward wearing the fact that he actually did something right and it didn't work. And that doesn't help Aboriginal Australians feeling the pain they do because they know that a large part of Australia pretty much hates them. And they do. So at least we can get, hopefully, Anthony Albanese, to, who is a terrible campaigner and a poor communicator. Unfortunately, someone like Scott Morrison was a great campaigner and a great communicator. A pathological liar, a horrible human being, and Anthony Albanese is a really good human being and a truthful person. But when it comes to the media, someone like Scott Morrison is much you know, much more able to convey bellwether things better than Anthony Albanese. So hopefully Anthony Albanese and Labour can give up on these big ticket items and focus on things that are bread and butter to Labour like the cost of living crisis and reform of our unfair economic system in Australia instead of these huge items which should never have happened in the first term anyway. The other side of it is acknowledging how much damage it has done to Indigenous Australians and the fact that that's going to last and probably rise. The impact of the no vote on them, I think, hasn't really taken full shape yet. Um, I think it's something that will define relationships between Indigenous Australia and non-Indigenous Australia for a very long time. And people saying that they thought, I'm going to vote no because I don't want to divide the country, have massively divided Australia. Uh, if you wanted to bring Indigenous Australians far closer to the centre of Australia, it, the yes vote would have done that. Um, so I can see things getting a lot more militant. I can see things getting a lot more despairing. And I think the only reason it hasn't boiled over is Indigenous Australians are used to it. They're used to being treated like this.